Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. On this Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about our local honeybees. We have Dee and Jim Brown from Honey Rock Herb Farm talking about our honeybee population and what we can do as individuals to help them thrive. We get to hear from Mary Constantine, food editor for the Knoxville News Sentinel, and a very easy chocolate bar fondue recipe for your honey on Valentine's Day. It is an honor and a privilege to have your good company here today, and we thank you for tuning in. Now let's get started. Let's join Dee and Jim Brown from Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. They've been beekeepers for years, and we're going to visit with them and find out what they think is wrong with our honeybee population. Well, Jim and Dee, good to see y'all again. Good to see you, Amy. We sure do have a big problem with our honeybees, and and I know that you all know a lot about it. Will you talk with us about that today? Well, yes, I'd like to. Thank uh, you. We we've been beekeepers, uh, Dee and I, and uh, Dee's father Gerald, for close to forty years now, mm-hmm. and uh, and we. Uh, we really try to keep up with what's going on, and uh, we've had as many as 20 hives, which is about all we could handle. And now we're down to two, and we've had problems the last several years uh, about keeping the bees. We'd have honey in the hive, but we wouldn't have any bees. And we just, and that was happening to a lot of uh, other local beekeepers around. So we were wondering, you know, what's going on. So uh, now we're trying to figure out uh, uh, some things, and and it's become a problem nationally. Uh, I saw a thing on TV the other day where nearly 40% of all the bees in this country, uh, the uh, honeybees, have uh, are gone now, and that's just within the last few years. So uh, uh, I've been reading articles, and it's been getting a lot more national attention, which is good, about what some of the problems are. It, it's it's more than just one thing; it's a combination of things. We've got a lot of We've got the best beekeeping association in the state, in Blount County, 
uh, I guess that's my opinion, but we, it's a big group too. Uh, but I belonged uh, to that for nearly 40 years, we have. And uh, I brought up topics. I, I, I don't use any chemicals on my bees. I'm organic. When we first started, that's what we did. We didn't use anything, and everything was great. And then uh, we had started having a mite problem, and they said we, we'd have to use chemicals and different uh, things that, that you order and put in your hives, and or we wouldn't have any bees. And... They haven't helped me any more than when I didn't have use anything. So now we're not using anything at all uh, on our bees, and uh, they made it through the winter pretty good this year. But I think the uh, some of the things are just look at our lifestyles now. Now uh, in 1945 uh, was when the honeybee population was at its largest in the United States, and since then we've we have half that many honeybees, and uh, part of that is from our culture. Uh, now uh, we've cleared off a lot of land and put subdivisions and we're using uh, chemicals to kill all the weeds around and uh, that's that's working on what the honeybees are using. And also we're, we're growing big huge crops of soybeans or big huge crops of uh, uh, corn and the honeybees don't even work those crops. And in uh, instead of uh, a farmer used to back in the 40s and 50s, they would grow several different crops. And then your honeybees would work th those crops that were coming in as well. So that's been a problem. Uh, one of the big problems are chemicals. Uh, neonicotinoids they're called. Uh, uh, they're in 80% of all the seeds in the world are used neonicotinoids. And it's a nicotine product. And it's kill. It gets it's systemic and it gets into the plant, and it, the whole plant is toxic. And the bees will get on the get the pollen, or the, even when it rains, they might get some of the water with them. And uh, it, it messes up their navigation system. They can't find their way back, or they'll bring some back, and and some of the other bees will get a hold of it. And and you get in your hive, and you don't have any bees, and you have you got plenty of honey, and then what happened to the bees? So. There's a lot of research in that going on right now, and some of the countries in Europe have banned neonicotinoids altogether, and there's a couple of states that are working on that too, Washington and Oregon, uh, where they're, they have, a, a, you know, of course, apples, which have to be pollinated with bees. That's a big, big thing out there. So they're, they're looking into that about uh, uh, doing away with, with those kind of chemicals. So we know that's a combination of what's going on. Uh, so it's a, it's a, there's a lot of different things uh, that's happened to us over the years, and uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's getting enough attention that, uh, uh, that we can do something about, about our, our situation. Because if everybody uh, realizes it, you're paying a whole lot more for honey than you used to. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yes, sir. If you've just joined us, you're listening to an interview with Dee and Jim Brown. They own and run Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. We're talking about honeybees here on this Valentine's weekend and what we can do to support our beekeepers and to improve the honeybee population. After the short break, we'll hear tips that Jim shares with us on what we can do to improve the health of the honeybee in our region. The Blunt County Beekeepers Association is sponsoring a one-day course 
entitled Beekeeping 101, Saturday, February 20th at Maryville Church of Christ across from Foothills Mall. Hours are 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. and everybody is welcome. Learn how to get started in beekeeping with topics including bee biology, setting up an apiary, tools and protective gear, installing bees in your hive, where to get bees, extracting honey, and tips from the experts. Again, there is no cost for this Beekeeping 101 class and no advanced registration is required. More information by going to TennesseeFarmTable.com, look for the link that says Beekeeping, or call 865-719-1828. With all the problems that bees are having these days, one of the things the world needs more of is beekeepers. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is provided in part by Ellie's Home, providing fine flowers for home and garden, seasonal staging, weddings, and floral decor, from private to commercial. Currently scheduling with future brides on the perfect floral design for weddings. To schedule an appointment and for more information, the website is elliesfloral.com. That is spelled E-L-L-I-E-S floral.com. Ellie's Floral. You can always tell Ellie's home. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. With sweet eats for your sweeties on Valentine's Day, including cherry sweetie pies, baby cheesecakes, baby cakes, and wheat-free chocolate raspberry torts. Perfect for two or more. Also, sugar heart cookies and lemon heart print cookies. The good people of Magpies are also in consult with future brides on wedding cake designs. Details on appointments, wedding cakes, and custom designs at magpiescakes.com. Magpies Cakes, all butter, all the time. And let's return now to our interview with Dee and Jim Brown from Honey Rock Herb Farm. Jim's going to let us know steps that we can take as individuals to try to help our local honeybees survive. For people that are listening and concerned about the honeybees and want to do as much as they can, what are some things that can help? Well, you can buy organic plants. Uh, there's a lot of people around that sell them now. Uh, we do, ours are organic. Uh, you can get organic seeds. There's some good seed companies that, that, that are still putting seeds out there that aren't uh, GMO'd or, or anything else. Uh, they're just organic. And seed, uh, one place that we buy seeds from lots of times is Johnny Seeds. They're out of Maine. It's still a good family organization. Uh, I think there's a place in Asheville we've looked at, uh, So True Seeds. Uh, they're organic and they're local. Uh, and there's a Seed Savers Exchange. There's a lot that you still can go to, but, but be aware uh, you know, of, of, of what's going on about your seeds. And uh, of course, there, there are, are, are uh, plants that you can buy that are organic. A lot of your nurseries are starting to sell more of them. So that's a good thing too. 
why does it matter if it's organic or not in the plant? Do they still pollinate it? Well, they do pollinate it, but it's just, uh, it, it builds up in the bees lots of times. It just depends. You don't know what, what's been sprayed on them. And if it's organic or you know the, the farmer or the, or the grower, then you know what's in your plant. And uh, a lot of these things, if, if, if you just think about it, if, if these things affect a little tiny honeybee, these neonicotoids, some of these other insecticides, affect them to where they can't navigate or they can't remember how to get back, What's it going to do to us, uh, humans, that are ingesting a lot of the same stuff in fast foods and things that come from other countries uh, like that? So, I mean, over the long period of time, uh, we've got to be affected just like the honeybees. So that's why it's good to get organic, grow your own. Uh, that's the best thing if you can have a small garden and grow a lot of your own uh, plants, uh, lettuces and, and, and tomatoes. Uh, stuff like that are very easy to grow in a small containers or small area and you've got it and you know what it what's in it and mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot healthier for you you can also uh, of course buy organic food uh, our farmers market uh, sells a lot of, of food that's uh, don't don't use any insecticides or fertilizers uh, chemicals it's becoming a bigger a bigger deal now uh, there's so if you can do that, it, it supports the farmers. It, it helps them uh, remain uh, uh, true and, and, and stay organic and not use all these pesticides and herbicides. And it lets them diversify and grow other products besides just soybeans and corn and, and cotton and things like that. Well, absolutely. You can, of course, not use uh, uh, any kind of chemical uh, sprays on your plants or anything around them uh, like Roundup and stuff like that. Uh, if you need, if you have a problem with something being chewed on in the garden, you can always use a row cover. Floating row cover works. Uh, we have to put that especially around our uh, eggplant because uh, a lot of little mites and stuff like to chew on the leaves of the eggplant, but it, all we do is put the row cover over it so they can't get to it. And also uh, there are some things that you can use like an insecticidal soap, which is just a soap and it's organic. Uh, if you have to have a problem, especially with house plants, if they get uh, aphids or something like that, and it all that does is coat the uh, the the pest uh, on there because they breathe through their skin, and that kind of smothers them. And it's perfectly organic, perfectly safe, and you can just you know of course wash them. Uh, but you, a lot of plants that you don't have, they can take a lot of loss, leaves, uh, losing leaves and chewed up before they're really hurt. So you don't have to just first sight of seeing something, go jump and, and grab the spray bottle. So just, that, that's one thing. You can plant plants that are beneficial to honeybees, especially uh, since we're a herb farm, we know that, that certain herbs like anise hyssop is very good for, for uh, honeybees. Thyme. Uh, has a lot of flowers that the bees like to work. Basil, there's mints, of course, and of course lots of flowers that, that are out there that they, they like to work. You know, coneflower is a good one. Uh, but things like that, you can, you can go on, on, site, on the website, of, uh, on, on the internet anymore, and just call up uh, plants, beneficial plants for honeybees. And they have a huge long list of different plants that they like. So that's one thing that you could do, plant those, and they're pretty in the garden, and they're nice, and, and you can use them. So that's, that's another thing that you can do. Well, Jim, thank you for helping us know how we can better help 
with this problem with our honeybees. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. And you've been listening to an interview with Dee and Jim Brown, owners of Honey Rock Herb Farm in Louisville, Tennessee. For their contact information and a complete list of other beekeepers in our area, along with information of other beekeepers in several Tennessee counties and where to buy local honey, more information at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just look for the link that says Beekeeping. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. Imagine, if you will, two 20-something-year-old men trying to maintain their professionalism while explaining to this 59-year-old woman why certain foods are considered aphrodisiacs. That's a scenario that played out not too long ago when Chef Joseph Lim was still at Blackberry Farm. He and sommelier Andy Chabot had created an aphrodisiac tasting menu, and I had a phone interview with him. Let's just say it was a good thing that we were talking on the phone because I have no doubt in my mind those two young men were blushing from ear to ear. If you're wanting to create a romantic evening for your love on Valentine's Day and aren't really adept at cooking, you can't go wrong with this simple chocolate bar fondue. To make the fondue, add three-fourths cup heavy cream with one pound of milk or dark chocolate, or you combine milk and dark chocolate, broken into pieces. Place it in a pot over low heat, Stir the two together until the chocolate melts. And this is going to take a little while, so do not turn up the temperature. Just stir away, and it is going to be well worth it. And if you don't have a fondue pot, then once the chocolate has melted through, warm a couple of ramekins and pour the chocolate into the ramekins where you could easily dip slice strawberries, slice bananas, some pineapple, and maybe even a squares of angel food cake. Love is in the air. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. If you've just joined us, you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table radio show and podcast. Broadcasting on the radio waves every Saturday morning from Knoxville, Tennessee at 89.9 FM and streamed live at WDVX.com. You can always listen to this show on your schedule at TennesseeFarmTable.com or check out our podcast on iTunes. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you by listeners just like yourselves. We want to say thank you so much for your support of this type of community broadcasting. And if you haven't done so or if you feel so inclined, 
You can make a tax-deductible donation at any time at WDVX.com. Thank you so much. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. We're going to go back in time and visit with Bill Houston from Newmarket, Tennessee. He owns and operates to this day Houston's Mineral Well in Newmarket, Tennessee. His granddaddy dug this well, and it's a community treasure. I hope you'll tune in and listen to that great story. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. More information about Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting, just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.